This is Hope FM, your Christmas station. Now, during COVID, many churches uh, suffered the loss of their members because clearly we couldn't meet together in the way that we would normally do Sunday by Sunday. And many churches in our area, and indeed, I think, across uh, the world, have have struggled to get their members back. Now, there's one church, local church in Christchurch, which had the opposite effect. Its minister, Chris Brockway, is my special, very special guest today. So, Chris, what is the secret of your success? How did you not lose people and, and, and actually you're growing aren't you yeah well thank you Blair it's really good to be with you um it's a really great question and I'd, I'd love to say we had some great strategy and you know we sat down and thought about it for hours um I I don't know what the answer is really I mean during lockdown we were really blessed in that we kept the community of the church together um and we didn't lose folk uh, in the way that many did um I, I think probably the most important thing we did at the very very beginning as we discovered we were heading into lockdown we made this grand announcement on the Sunday before lockdown happened that as of next Sunday we're going to be live streaming uh, we didn't have a clue how to do it and we, we worked it out in kind of four or five days uh, just really blessed with some amazing techies uh, and there was something about doing that live sunday by sunday that kept people connected um I guess there was a temptation of some folk during lockdown to say, uh, you know, well, I'll catch up later because, um, you know, it wasn't being done live if folk were pre-recording things. Uh, and oftentimes, I guess, people didn't catch up later or they ran out of time or had other priorities. But because we were doing it live, people joined us Sunday by Sunday and it was really dynamic and engaging. So, yeah, we enjoyed it. So did you use that YouTube or Zoom or what technology did you use? Yeah, so we, we, we use YouTube primarily. Um, we did some midweek stuff using Zoom, but our Sunday morning stuff was all done using YouTube. Um, and, and have you continued to do that? Yeah, we have, and we still have quite a significant following on online now, which is fantastic. So week by week, we've got some guys who sit there and organise our live stream and flick around all sorts of different camera views and all sorts of creative <laughs> things, uh, which has been an incredible blessing um, in two ways, I think. One is that it gives folk who are locked in and, and can't get to church the opportunity still to meaningfully connect with the church uh, live in the moment. Uh, but second, the other thing, it gives you a fantastic shop window. So people are able to see what the church is all about and how worship styles are, etc. Uh, and then when they arrive on a Sunday and actually do church in person with you, uh, there's no great shock because what they've seen online is the reality they encounter when they, they walk into the room. Now, a lot of people sort of talk down the church, don't they? I mean, they, oh, it won't be here in 15 years or whatever. You know, you get a lot of this sort of stuff. That's not the case, really, at Christchurch Baptist. Quite, quite the opposite. In fact, you're having to build bigger. Are you knocking down or are you extending the church? <laughs> yes. So uh, we're not knocking down the existing building, which was a rumour that went round for a little while, actually. Uh, we're actually going to be keeping our existing church building as a kind of community hall space, meeting space. Uh, the plan is that we are going to be knocking down another building uh, that we purchased about eight years ago. Uh, there used to be an opticians uh, over the road from us. And uh, quite miraculously, really, one day uh, the owner of that property came to us and said, you don't know anyone who's interested in buying this building, do you? And we'd been kind of looking around at our options, trying to find a bigger space to um, to, to do church in uh, and to gather in. Uh, and suddenly this property came on the market, having been in the same family for about six decades or something. Um, uh, and suddenly it came on the market. So, yeah, the plan is that we demolish that building uh, and that we rebuild a brand new uh, facility um, in combination with our other buildings. Now, so the vision is what? 
Uh, so the vision actually is to build a mission asset uh, for for the church, both for now, but also to leave a legacy for the future. Uh, what we're not remotely interested in doing is building for the sake of building. Um, bricks and mortar are great, but if bricks and mortar aren't a mission asset, an opportunity uh, for you to use that asset to reach out, uh, to help others come to know and love Jesus, uh, then arguably you're using that bricks and mortar asset um, incorrectly. So that that's the dream, is that we'll build something that will increase our capacity uh, there's no doubt at the moment that our mission and our ministry is restricted by our current buildings and our ability to have something new we, we hope will will help others come to know and love christ as well as being a great asset for the community now how what sort of price tag is there on what you want to do so if, if you were able to do everything because uh, i know sometimes we can have aspirations but obviously aspirations in the christian world go with vision and dependency upon god your appeal which i'm holding in my hand this lovely uh, well it's a beautiful booklet called project five one why have you called it that yeah so project five one it's called project five one because the property is actually 51 bar gates which is the site we're developing a bit of a play on words here there are are lots of scripture verses um that are fantastic for a build project uh galatians five one is probably where i would anchor it actually (laughs) uh, which talks about people discovering freedom freedom um in christ which is very much our vision uh, as a church so we're developing 51 bar gates so we've called it project five one prior to this because we We've had several iterations of this um, project. Well, you had trouble with planning, didn't you? Uh, well, we did, and and you know that's where your question is quite insightful, actually. About uh, you, you know what's the price tag on this? We designed something for the site which was very, very ambitious. The planners actually turned it down, and that probably had a price tag twice what we're trying to do at the moment. Uh, but we're probably talking somewhere around the two million pounds mark um, to build this project. So if you say it fast enough, it doesn't seem you know. I, I know, and if you if you don't think on it or dwell on it too long and, and you don't write the number down it doesn't sound too scary so uh, how is it going it's going incredibly well um so we we had a gift day and a pledge day uh, back in october uh where we said to our church community look you know what here's the vision uh might you be able to give sacrificially to this vision and, and people have done that and they've given incredibly generously uh, so at the moment we're currently in the stage of trying to finalize the finances and having conversations with our denominational loan companies etc uh to plug the gap uh, and the hope uh, is that we might be able to start building best case scenario um in the spring if we can get the finances lined up and if we can't then it won't be too much longer into the into the future when we hopefully start to build because the bible says that without vision the people perish uh, I, I mean obviously as a minister of the church you you must be very excited because things like this these challenges have a wonderful way of uniting people uh, because they they can see really that they really want to reach people outside the walls of the church and so on are you are you finding a coming together of your folk that that maybe even with some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome, what has that done to your congregation? Yeah, we, we are. I mean, I'm super blessed, Blair, in that I have the incredible privilege of leading an amazing church. And actually, um, I, I, I speak to some church leader colleagues who have a tough time all of the time. And I've got to say, that's never been my experience, um, certainly in this church, nor in the church previously that, that I led in the local community. Uh, Christchurch Baptist Church is a great family kind of sense as a church, very, very much connected with one another um and i I think one of the 
things we discerned from the offset of this build project as we were moving forward towards it is is there was something to be learned and something to be experienced in the journey, not only in getting to the destination. Um, so throughout, we've been very careful to make sure it is a shared vision, to make sure that there is a sense of unity within the church and to try and move the project forward at a speed where everyone could be on board with that and everyone could make a, a different contribution uh, at different stages. So, so the journey's been really enjoyable. There have been tough times. There have been disappointments. You know, at one point when we had our planning application turned down, that was really disappointing. And then a short while later, we had another planning application approved. And that was a, a great reason for joy and celebration. But it's very often what God does, and he closes one door and you think, what? <laughs> and then he opens another one. The only trouble is, Chris, I think you might have further problems because at the rate you're going, your new building is not going to be big enough. Well, that would be an interesting challenge to have, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, just one other thing before we move on, because we're going to play a bit of music and then talk about your new book. Uh, but um, people, again, say that, that young people these days aren't attending church. Now, again, you're kicking the, against the tread there. You know, you have a youth worker and you're saying... You're seeing a growth with your young people. What yeah, you- we, we've seen fantastic growth across the church, actually. I mean, particularly in our children's and young people's work. Uh, I mean, in a way, I think, you know, our church is somewhat representative of the demographic of the community within which we're in. And, and there is a large number of kind of naught to 18s, um, several really big flourishing schools in the community. And we've had the amazing privilege of being able to reach out to some of those. Um, and then again, you, we've also seen growth amongst our older people's ministry as well, which is really significant. I mean, this afternoon, as a for example, uh, we run something called Songs of Praise. We, we stole the title from a, another popular TV show. Um, and uh, that's seeing amazing growth. Well, maybe you know, they stole it from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mid, midweek, uh, we have 60, 70 people who come along to an afternoon service, uh, which will be happening this afternoon. Got the amazing privilege of welcoming some children from Christchurch Infant School here, coming to sing Christmas carols uh, to the folks who gather as well. Now, your first piece of music is Emmanuel, God With Us. Why this one? Well, I always have this wrestle at Christmas time. How soon is too soon to be singing Christmas ne- carols? Never, never. Ne- never. Okay, well, uh, some people wouldn't agree with you, Blair. Um, <laughs> I, I've been fine, Chris. You know, it's terrible. I, I mean, I, I'm Irish. You know, and I, they've been having it in for me. They said if I do Christmas before December, then they find me fifty quid for every piece of music I play. Yeah, well, maybe that's quite right. Uh, so I've chosen a song. Uh, Emmanuel, God is with us. I, I think a great Advent song, which is fantastic for your theme today, uh, but speaks of the coming of the Lord Jesus. That God is with us forever. He's Savior of the world. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Well, 
That's Emmanuel, God with us forever. Emmanuel uh, means, of course, God with us. And that's Brian and Katie Torwald, of course, chosen uh, by Chris Brockway, who is my very special guest. He's the minister at Christ Church uh, Baptist Church. But not only is he a gifted leader of men, but he's now become an author. Uh, and I'm holding a copy of his book in my hand, Restaurant Ecclesiology. There you are, Chris. You see, I said it right. It's a very impressive play. You actually managed to say the title correctly. I did. Well, might you don't say it too quickly. <laughs> So this is an interesting title, Chris. What's the inspiration behind this book? Yeah, Restaurant Ecclesiology. So I I should probably try and define what ecclesiology is to start with, because it's one of those long, pretentious words that um, not everyone will probably grasp. But ecclesiology is the study of the organisation of the church, in essence. Um, It's the study of how we organise church biblically, um, but to how we organise church uh, in in a contemporary world. Um, So that's what ecclesiology is all about. Uh, And I've called my book Turning the Tables on Restaurant Ecclesiology. Um, So where this comes from, I I, I did a master's some years back. So the book is actually a rework of my master's dissertation. Um, And and I was thinking, what's one of the greatest challenges that I face in the life of the church? It's actually encouraging people to be committed and to volunteer in the life of the church. It does seem to me that that job has become much harder. And I tried to think of a metaphor and I thought, actually, it's a little bit like um, some people treat the church a bit like a, a restaurant. Now, I should be very careful here because this is gross exaggeration, all that I'm saying here for the point of writing a book. Um, but some people can treat the church like a restaurant. So they go and they say, feed me, feed yeah, me. Yeah, exactly that. They yeah. turn up in the groups of people they want to sit with. They um, choose from the menu the, the bespoke um, food choices that they want to have. They drink what they want to drink. And although they're aware of the other tables around them, because that forms part of the atmosphere, they're not necessarily engaging uh, overly well uh, with the others who are gathered in that place. Um, And then they leave. And for as long as they're content, they'll continue to frequent in that restaurant. Uh, The minute that uh, the service disappoints, they might well disappear and go to another restaurant. Uh, And then the flip side of the same coin, really, is for those of us in church leadership, sometimes sometimes it can feel a little bit like racing around like the manager or a waiter uh, in a restaurant, trying to keep everybody happy, trying to keep everybody pleased, and then you close the restaurant and then you do the whole thing again the next time that you open with a different set of diners and sometimes the same repeat diners. That's restaurant ecclesiology. Now, of course, as you've already said in the first part of the interview today, uh, Christchurch Baptist isn't like that because you have shared ministry. Uh, In order to make your church function, you have many people volunteering, giving their service at many different levels of church life. Is that the antidote to this? Well, I'd I'd love to say, Blair, I've written the book and here's the living proof that my theory works. But I I think every church actually struggles with these kind of challenges. I I think in part, it's a symptom of contemporary culture. Uh, You know, I've been in church leadership, what, 20 or so years now, plus some. Uh, And actually, I think it has been a growing problem, actually trying to nurture commitment. Uh, In my book, I talk about um, the pre and the post saga generation. So to be a, a member of saga, you have to be over the age of 50. Uh, and I've kind of used that um, saga uh, illustration, really, that 50 age category as the point of saying, actually, I think this is the point where sometimes it becomes difficult. And again, it's gross exaggeration, but those over 50 seem to be much more committed um, to service in the life of the church. Those under 50, perhaps less so. But we live in an instant generation, don't we? We, we I, I guess a get-rich-quick generation. You know, everybody wants it and they 
wants it now, you know, instant, you know. But whereas, of course, you know, to, to press in and to see yourself as part of making it happen, you know. I mean, if you talk to any great entrepreneur, they'll tell you it's not the success that they really enjoy. It's the journey to the success. And I guess that in the Christian journey that so much happens in terms of our character building and sometimes that can be a bit painful so it's probably not surprising that some of us take to our heels and run in the opposite direction yeah and i and i think that's absolutely right but i think the journey of discipleship is a a journey a long journey in the same direction i think it's been described as discipleship and and i think that's a great image so if that's true for us individually then that must be true for us as communities and, and i guess anyone who's been part of a church for any length of time will know that stuff doesn't happen quick in churches um, and that's especially true in some denominational churches more than perhaps others um, so actually I do think we need to press in for the long term uh, but but the end of the book if I can jump to the very end oh yeah I actually present a different model so if we're trying to turn the tables on restaurant ecclesiology this idea that the restaurant is a bad metaphor is there a better metaphor I actually land on the image of a family table and talk about family table ecclesiology just to keep using big long words um, but this idea that actually in a family we all gather around the same table um, we all offer that that we can offer at our different stages and ages um, within the context of that family so I think of my own family you know we've got five children um, the youngest is eight the oldest is 18 um, the 18 year old contributes something quite different from the eight-year-old um, and we as parents offer something quite different around that table as well but there's something really significant about all being together around the same table and and I love that image um, of the church, this idea that we relate together as brothers and sisters and we all have something to contribute at our different ages and stages. Fantastic. Now, is the book available at Keith Jones, obviously? It, of course, is at Keith Jones, and I would encourage you thoroughly to go down there and, and buy a copy. Do you have a, uh, do you have a bookshop at the church? Uh, well, not exactly, but the book is available from our church website. Well, I suppose people could have a nosy and then see what you're doing, sort of like before and after, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the book is also available on a very large online retailer, but we're not going to mention those in the presence Amazon. of Keith Jones. Ah, oh, oh, you oh, said oh, it, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for the for the purposes of you know, uh, I suppose open competition. Uh, but Keith Jones, of course, we bless them as well because they do. The one thing I like about Keith Jones is that they take time. If you go in there to talk to you about what's new and you can ask them all sorts of questions you get the personal service which unfortunately in our modern world you don't always get to you entirely right so what are you what are the, what's the church doing at christmas is this the busiest time of the year for you yeah it's definitely a busy season and, and i think our christmas began about uh two weeks ago uh with the switching on in the, of the lights in christchurch so we <laughs> did some carol singing what an amazing privilege actually there were probably about 60 of us gathered outside the front of the church loudspeakers belting out um carols and people uh, People love, people. people love it, don't they? They do. And, and you know, if, I think if we tried to, to attempt that any other time of the year, I, I think it might be frowned upon. But singing Christmas carols was, was great. So, so that's all begun. Yesterday we had 150 uh, five- and six-year-olds come into the church uh, and we do a nativity presentation with them, which was such good fun. Really, mm. really good fun. Uh, this afternoon we've got our um, gathering songs of praise I mentioned earlier on. Uh, 
primarily older people gathering together uh, and then this coming Sunday uh, we do something really brilliant at Arcado Lounge which is like a big pub in Christchurch uh, we do something called Beer and Carols uh, so we take a six seven piece band in there do really jazzed up carols and we sing with the pub what time does that pub. start at then? Uh, it's at seven o'clock Sunday evening oh, fantastic, uh, yeah. Arcado Lounge it's always such good fun yeah, and then we're doing all the stuff that churches do. Uh, we've got an all-age Christingle. We've got yeah. carols by candlelight. All that stuff coming. And if Chris wanted, if anybody wanted to check all of that out and go along or whatever, where should they go to? get the program your website yeah our website is probably the best place just search uh, Christchurch Baptist Church and it will come up our homepage at the moment is all decorated with Christmas so you can find everything there including a link to my book just well, to slip that in Chris thank you for being my guest today and uh, and we, we wish you God's richest blessing not only on the day to day life of the church but also for, on the on the ambitious project that you've got I'm sure that God will bring it to pass thank you so much <laughs>